0: Hello and welcome to Distinguished Design, a podcast from the Interaction Design Association where we explore the work and people behind some of the best interaction design work out there today, all leading up to the Global Interaction Awards taking place during Interaction Week in 2021. My name is Diego Pulido. Now, as a reminder, the 2021 Interaction Awards are still open for submission right now. The deadline has been extended all the way to November 15th. It was originally October 31st. So if you want to shine a light on some excellent design work you're doing, head over to awards.ixda.org to submit before Sunday, November 15th at 11.59 PM Pacific Time. That is in the US. And of course, as always, a link will be available in the show notes now today's episode is a very special one because we have with us none other than the jury chair for the upcoming interaction awards her name is melee ku welcome to distinguished design melee
1: thank you so much for having me diego
0: all right so you know Meili has a wide range of experience all over the place in the design and technology spectrum as a designer a researcher developer having worked in places like Khan academy apple microsoft and ibm just to name a few she's also well versed in the arts you know she's a dancer musician even a dj i mean i could really go on but you know before i do mainly for those of you who don't know who you are would you tell us a little bit more in your own words about yourself
1: yeah sure thank you so much for having me first of all it's a uh, really a pleasure to be here um my goodness how to tell you a little bit about myself well I would say that I'm a dancer first and foremost great <laughs> I don't think I could have existed or continue to exist or survived um, many of the things that I have survived without having danced yeah. um, you know for me it's that's a matter of survival um, and I I would say I probably started um, in interaction design probably as a child messing around in HyperCard, making little educational games with nice. um, with HyperTalk, which is what it was called at the time and You know, over the years have um, done work that spans um, early interaction work using new methods of human input at Apple, Um, kind of more an R&D bent there at the Media Lab as well, same thing with IBM Research and um, collaborating with Microsoft Research when I was there. To you know the agency world when my first job out of school, um, I was designing things and then coding them so nice. you know I could fight myself about the implementation <laughs> right there. Um, yeah. And uh, you know most recently um, working at or actually I would say that sort of the last full time official job was uh, working as the VP of design at Khan Academy, really setting up the team there, Nice. building it up, building a design system, executing a rebrand, uh, creating a, a marketing team there, and wow. um, you know, really getting together a group of people that that work together in a way that I I felt was really special. Um, and then most recently, I've got a couple of of side projects that have grown and turned into something, nice. um, notably MakeSpace Foundation. Um, which you can read more about at makespace.fun. Absolutely, we'll have and, all of those links, and, whatever you say is gonna be yeah. in the show
0: notes for everyone to Fantastic.
1: take Yeah, and Scribble Together, which is another fun side project, and both of those things, um, one of them is, has to do with drawing together, and the other one is really about being able to hang out together in a space that has a vibe that you create um, You know, with your friends or whoever else that you wanna invite into your space at Makespace, nice. um, and most recently also engaging more with writing. So yeah, and I guess as you mentioned, I've I've been a DJ and mm-hmm. and you know really active in in organizing uh, for I'd say like the last fifteen years mostly through entertainment, nice, um, and yeah and working in music. So I think I just try and uh, cause good trouble in the words of John <laughs> Lewis.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's good. I mean, it, it, it somehow speaks to the the creative nature that that us designers have like I think it it, it percolates through other areas like say music or dancing like you know there's we find other outlets for us to express our creativity and I think you have many of those examples in in what you do
1: yeah definitely and I'm constantly curious and finding connections between different media of expression um and yeah they have a lot of commonalities
0: that's fantastic also I should mention for everyone who has been listening to Distinguished Design every episode up until this point has been me being remote and whoever else uh, in the previous episodes being in various parts of the world Melee and I happen to be in the same place right now recording this this is remarkable especially in the age of COVID like, like we are both in San Francisco and we're both actually physically facing each other right now I thought that was worth mentioning because that has never been the case in any First of the time? other yeah. episodes So, you uh, know, with you
1: know. plenty of precaution obviously,
0: obviously absolutely Thank and you a few to- glasses of wine to go in between why not <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, and and shout out shout out to everybody who's like done the hard work to make it possible for us to absolutely make sure that we're like testing and protecting very um, much indeed. in the yeah. state.
0: Now I'm curious to know how you got to know about IXDA the interaction conference and of course you know the interaction awards. How do you get involved with this world?
1: Yeah, great question. I mean, I think. Um, I think it was uh, Asusena who reached oh, out yeah. to me yes. um, via Twitter DM and um, and and mentioned it to me, and then put me in touch with Nathan Gao. Right, you know the two of them have really been hustling to make a lot of stuff happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I have to admit that I'm not um, somebody who traditionally tends to pay uh, heaps of attention to awards, other than being on the side of it. Um, I did. I think it's safe to admit it now. Help with the Apple Design Awards for yes. many years from within Apple, mm-hmm. um, and so when when ASU reached out and you know and I, I got in touch with Nathan, um, I did, I got the sense that because IXDA is an organization that's a hundred percent volunteer run, yeah, it was interesting that it felt like this whole thing really comes from a spirit of community and thinking about like what, what we are all doing together in this field, um, unlike some awards that I, I feel are just kind of about nepotism and access, mm-hmm. yeah. um, this felt different to me, and I think that's a big part of why I, I wound up interested.
0: That that's great to hear. Absolutely, and it's true. I mean, it's uh, even this podcast itself is all volunteers. Everyone who's putting the, the Interaction Awards together are all people who just love this community and just want to obviously give back. So, so with that in mind, what made you interested in getting involved with you know with this as a, a jury chair, which is obviously such an important, prominent level of you know responsibility?
1: Um. Yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm going to admit it was it wasn't an easy decision because I'm. Yeah, I'm 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 always trying to do too much with my time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um but I think there were a couple things that made me interested in it. You know, one of them was the opportunity to really look at a wide variety of projects and sort of see what's going out there in the world right now. I think right. um you know, that's that's something that's that's fun to do regardless. Yeah um and just being able to do it from this vantage point sounded fascinating i think there's a part of me that's always wanted to be uh or that's mused about being a professor in this field and part of what excites me about that is really seeing a wide variety of work and a wide variety of creative um whether it's expression uh something that's driven from pure inspiration or something that's really driven from like a, a you know a deep a deep need to solve something for you know the human experience. All of those things are valid and, um, and I find really inspiring. So, so I was excited to look at that intersection of stuff. And then another big part of the experience of the responsibility of the chair, of course, is to, um, to assemble the jury. Right. And, um, you know, I was excited of thinking about that too. Like, you know, how how can I find an intersection of people from different career stages. Mm-hmm different fields of expertise um different different sectors um and different cultures across the globe who can come together and who are going to enjoy the process of looking across these things together i think that's that was another thing that was pretty motivating and then i the last thing i'd say is that it's it who writes history is important mm-hmm. and um and I think that you know the I- IXD is is trying to play a really conscientious part in in writing that history. Um, so I think I'm excited to to help be a part of that to help look at what you know what's getting what's getting lifted up, what's getting written down. Um, yeah.
0: I'm also curious to know, in your own personal opinion, what role do you think the interaction works play within the overall design community?
1: Yeah, I think. Um, I think this is an interesting question because it's it's part of what motivated me to um, to be a part of this is is really that opportunity for everybody to come together and take a look at our field, like what are we doing, um, and 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 where can we do better? I think you know as practitioners, um, there's always been a debate. Um, you know, it's been going on for some time. It's not recent even though some people might think it's recent about ethics and design and the role of design Mm
0: -hmm.
1: um, in our society. um,
0: I mean, it's been happening a lot with things like um, Facebook and the elections or, you know, the role of technology in something that touches all of our lives. So I'm sure that, yeah, a lot of people may think it's, yeah.
1: Yeah, a lot of people I think are, are, are recently joining this conversation, which is fantastic. Um, but I have seen literature that's, I think, at least a few decades old talking right. about how it's interesting that a lot of the times the practice of design is considered content-free, when really it's not. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that there's, there's, a, there's an opportunity for us to come together, to think critically, to celebrate, to see the range of work that we're doing. Um, I think it's important that, as a community, we, we stay grounded in our history both as it's existed, um, as it's been written, as it's not been written and maybe should have been written, right. and as we are writing it today, and I think that this is an integral part of that um, that we have an opportunity to, cre- to create together. Um, yeah. And that's a big part of what's interesting on it because obviously, you know as humans, and you know, I say this, I've said this before, but like we yeah. are people who deal in narrative. We are driven right. by stories, we're moved by stories. Mm-hmm. And so the stories that we tell ourselves about our field, and the power we have and and the role we play in society, both now and historically, is something that's important for us to come together and consider. Um, Yeah, and like I said, both celebrate and think critically about.
0: And how do you see the role of something like the Interaction Awards uh, evolving or changing in any way in the near future?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I think this might be a good opportunity for me to mention to our listening audience. Sure. That this year we're introducing a new um, discounted category for people who are working as indie creators um, or in nonprofits um, that could potentially use um, a bit of a lift when it comes to the financials. Right. So I'm really excited about that. I think oftentimes, um, while a lot of the work that happens in larger institutions or in um educational institutions are, is v- super important right there are people who are doing stuff from the yearnings of their their may maybe their gut or whatever else and like making things happen oftentimes on a shoestring budget um you know people working in immersive people working in indie games or indie app creation or even mm-hmm. just like experimental design um, who are who are doing this work um, and I'm really excited that we've been able to create this new category right. um, with a discount for entry, um, and and see what kind of work is going on in that field. I, I also think that a lot of people are really searching as creators, as creative people, for outlets for that type of thing. Yeah. Um. You know whether or not they're doing it as side projects or they've decided to go in and try and do it full time. And I really want us to be able to support and incorporate that community.
0: It almost feels like like shedding a light on a whole new undiscovered area like i I can almost think of areas like music or gaming even where the term indie really just means that there is this whole new world to be discovered and i think this is a great opportunity for us to do this when it comes to interaction design as well
1: absolutely and as somebody like me who's always lived um on the fringes slash in the borders between stuff just for various reasons of my Mm -hmm. own identity or from like you know being a polymath i'm i'm very excited to to bring in more people who are working out in those like sort of uh, undefined edges of, of the field.
0: So one thing that's definitely changing when it comes to the awards this year is the format that we'll be using, which is, you know, due to the growing global pandemic, you know, 100% remote for everyone involved. You know, So from a jury chair point of view, how do you see this affecting the nature of the awards this time around? You know, when it comes to submissions or the selection of projects or, or anything like that?
1: Yeah, I mean, I I think the huge, huge difference is just the fact that people aren't going to be together physically. Right. Um, You know, especially for those of us that work with technology, I think a lot of times people have this working assumption that the presence of other people can be replaced with what can be recorded of other people. So video, audio, text. But I think we're realizing as people that there's something else that happens when you're yeah. actually in person with people um, that we've yet, uh, we've yet to figure out a way to, to convey within the digital realm. And all of that's not going to be happening this yeah. time around, given the pandemic. Of course. On the other hand, I think there's some really interesting interactions that have come about. Yeah. Um, and I hope that um, there may be aspects that we can use. Uh, we'll see. Um, you know, for example, oftentimes in large group settings, uh, people in the audience don't have any voice at all. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe we'll do something creative with side chats or yeah. with conversations that are happening while something else is happening. And, and- almost
0: like even the plane, almost, of the interaction level be- between everyone. Yeah? Yeah. So people may be more comfortable, say, typing or expressing themselves via that way than, say, being in front of bunch of people especially in a word setting right
1: absolutely yeah Yeah, absolutely it's so true that some people are are much more comfortable with Mm nonverbal conversation with typing expressing themselves with you know whatever whatever other creative means that the keyboard (laughs) gives you um so we'll see i I mean i i hope that i hope that that winds up creating a whole a whole different kind of dynamic that that we're able to to leverage or, or uh to do something to do something meaningful with that that would be my hope
0: all right and since we're talking about the shape that the awards will take in the middle of this entire like you know world that we live in uh with COVID-19 restrictions and all that um curious to know if you have any message in particular to the listeners who might be interested in submitting their project for consideration you know especially while we're all having to endure this difficult times in this very much unprecedented conditions
1: yeah man, that's a that's a great question. I I have a bunch of things that I'd love to say um, to those of you who are listening and might be thinking about submitting, you know, many of you potentially for the first time. There's a couple things. One is I think that as creators, oftentimes we're so much more interested in making this stuff than we are in telling the story about it. Right. And there's a lot of value in taking that step back, looking at your work, understanding what you were doing, why you were doing it, celebrating it, putting that story together. It's so valuable to do that, not just you don't necessarily have to think of it about some in some sort of like braggy way, right. but it's this real opportunity to reflect and understand more about yourself and why you create. And it's also a chance to share. Because you sharing that work, you never know who else out there you mm-hmm. might be inspiring to do something right. similar. Or you might be inspiring to like, think about a similar problem space or help solve something that you're deep, deeply passionate about. Um, and I think that's really important. Um, I I think that I really, for for most of my my time in creating, I think I really, have been always surprised when something I've done uh, was paid attention to by by anybody else, really. Uh-huh. I mean, yeah. um, and I think I tended to underestimate it. So especially to those of you that might have doubts about your work, um, I especially encourage you to submit, to take a look at it, and to not, I mean, your inner critic is useful, your inner critic can be your friend that drives you to do better work all right. of the time. Yes, And we all have one of those. And we all have one of those, <laughs> but you need to not let that inner critic stop you from sharing right. the hard work that you've mm-hmm. been doing. Um, so it, it's it's not a matter of eliminating that doubt or a matter of eliminating that inner critic, it's a matter of knowing when to let it not stop you from exactly. moving forward or from talking about your work. Um, so yeah, so I would, I would really encourage people um, to submit, to take that moment to reflect, if they're able to, and you know, and even more, this year has been such a blur. So many people don't yes. know what time is. You don't. You probably don't even realize that you've accomplished anything this yeah. year, and you probably have, mm-hmm. um, despite yourself. And you, I know that there's a good number of you probably looking at it, being and and saying to yourself, "Oh, it's nothing. That's nothing." But it isn't nothing. You. <laughs> you undoubtedly as a creative person have managed to make things work despite so many circumstances and deserve right. to celebrate it
0: one of the things that that this reminds me of what you just said was um, you know it could be uh, seem like a daunting task to create a video for a submission oh like how do I do this I don't have a, like a movie crew behind me like how do I make a compelling story on a video and one of the things that we've been paying a close attention to uh, this year is to say hey if you, have to record a video on your phone like it doesn't matter like it, we really just want to see the project for what it is and it doesn't have to be fancy in any way so like even when it comes to the submission itself there might that there might be this kind of uh of rope like that people think oh like you know this probably takes too much work to do and we're really trying to make sure that that that's not a barrier for people to to share the work like you said
1: yep and you don't make it you too like it doesn't have to come out like a Stereotypical Apple announcement video. I mean, you can make it feel like a TikTok or whatever yeah, you want. Yeah, it doesn't need great. to
0: have like a Johnny Ive voice in the background, like explain. And a white background and a
1: black t shirt. <laughs> yeah, no, just make it you.
0: You know, there's a great number of people every year who become aware that something like IXDA exists and become members of this amazing community and start attending one of the many events that the association puts together like the interaction conference, for example. You know, many of them are students or simply people who are getting started in the world of user experience and interaction design. However, starting, you know, just about anything in the middle of this global pandemic can be very challenging. So I'm curious to know if you know if you have any advice for listeners who are part of this up and coming group of designers starting their career in design and starting to get involved with the interaction design community in this in this time.
1: Oh man, I mean, first of all, stay safe. (laughs) 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 Wear a mask. mask, Um, The other thing I would say is, uh, I think something that we have to learn how to do a lot as designers is embrace constraints. And this is one of those moments, just like so many other moments, where we have to learn how to take a look at what those constraints are and work with them creatively. So while we may be in the middle of a global pandemic, and there's, there's so much um, that's tragic and, and difficult. Um, I think it also provides a lot of backdrop to consider what the opportunities are, consider what the implications are of the fact that this is even happening and playing out the way it is, and how that can shape what you choose to work on if, if you have that choice. Um. So, I, I think sometimes when there isn't something like a crisis going on, we have a tendency to, or it's like a natural tendency to, to be a little complacent. And there are so many things that so urgently need our attention right now. Um, and I don't wanna say it doesn't have to be all like doom and gloom. I, I mean, I include yeah. joy. Yeah, and in that as something that's urgent as a matter of survival for times like this, mm-hmm. and considering how you how do you inject that in your work? How do you use this as as a backdrop and 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 something to shape your thoughtfulness um, and your process as as a creative person? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I I guess the the only other thing that I'd say is that. Um, use the time you've gotten back from not having to commute and having chosen, <laughs> yeah. I, I, that's if you're doing digital design, obviously, if right. you're doing other kinds of design, there, there might be a different, different constraints there. But you know, if you are in digital design and you don't have to commute, like perhaps there are other creative ways that you can use that time um, to learn, to make sure that you are reaching out and um, contributing to the community of other interaction designers like starting from the start because even if you are just starting out you're further than the people who are thinking about it and haven't started yet um and i think giving giving back to the community um is is a fantastic way to 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 learn what you know yeah. um and to get better at what you do
0: i like the fact that you mentioned constraints because i think that's uh, one of the things that many of us designers uh, thrive in. For example, one of the examples I can think of, because it's what I've spent most of my career in, is in mobile uh, interaction design. And the power of constraint of having to design for a very, very small screen really just like you know makes you aware of what truly needs to be important at any given point and any given experience. So if you can think of this as a different constraint, it could serve as inspiration, it could serve as something that fuels, solutions to problems out there today. So that's... Yeah,
1: yeah completely.
0: So, Melia, you're a woman of very many talents that span various fields of industries uh, within the world of technology, design, and the arts. So, I'm curious to know, from your point of view, like, are you seeing any notable trends, maybe, coming up uh, for designers within you know the next six to twelve months?
1: Yeah, this is a really a really interesting question, and and I think I mentioned earlier on a little bit of of how I feel like it's important as practitioners in this field to understand our place in history, how that history's been written, what's been left out, and how we're gonna write it going forward. So thinking about where we are today, right, it's it's 2020. Yeah. The first smartphone, a touchscreen-based smartphone, was released in 2007. Seven, I believe, yeah. Yeah, it's funny because I was yeah I was already at Apple. When, well, when 2007 the was, was the
0: first iPhone. I don't know if touchscreen yeah, I mean, yeah was before, but exactly yes. Yeah, or Windows Mobile or you know.
1: So I remember, you know, thinking about that time and then thinking about how the scale of adoption has played out over the last ten years, um, and where that's taken us, um, and to be speaking about it, you know, today of all days after. You know, this massive US election has just, well, I, I mean, I, I don't know what, what want to say if it's like finished, but I. <laughs> <laughs> we you know, we that's are going recording on the, this
0: on the day that apparently we seem to have yeah, found out who we, the winner we're, is, we're, right? We're,
1: so, we're it. This yeah, is it. Yeah. Um, and uh, I think if I were to predict anything, um, and if I were to also reflect the trends of anything, it, we're looking at this moment where we really are questioning, and I especially say this about this generation I see coming up in school and coming out of school, who are really questioning the dominant way that we've been building in the last 10 years, especially thinking about what have we been doing with this mobile platform? What have we been encouraging? What have we been making easy? What have we been making difficult? And what have we been doing with people's data? All of those things, Um, including the design of the incentives that we're working towards within organizations and what those organizations are incentivized to do. All of those are being questioned um, at a level that I have not um, witnessed such a large percentage of people questioning. I mean like those of us that were questioning it like I don't Mm -hmm. know, half a a decade ago or even a decade ago it was sort of seen as a little extreme Now we're sort of seeing those things. It's kind of the same thing as using reusable shopping bags at the grocery store, right? right? Like that used to be seen as like, wow, you're really doing that. And now that's like expected. Exactly. So I think we're seeing the same thing with technology now. And and that's something I think is really fascinating to see people both in the mode of production, which is always something to examine. Why is something getting created? Who's paying for it? Why is it, and like why? What is considered successful? Like what are we measuring our success by? Um, Who's paying for it and why? how are we measuring it, all, all those types of things. I think those things are getting questioned and that's what I'm expecting to see more and more of. And what I will reflect back on is I'm hearing from both people that are student age or just new grads, as well as all the way up through the next technology veterans or design veterans that have been in the industry, You know, even other aspects of design, not necessarily digital, um, starting to really question these things. And so what I'm curious to see um, and what I think uh, we're going to start seeing more of is people trying to figure out other ways to build other things to build um, other designs for incentive systems um, And and really trying to push on what it means um, To build in a way that is sustainable um, Both yeah. for ourselves and for our planet like I I feel like everybody is starting to recognize that that's it's not an option to turn a blind eye to that anymore yeah um, so I'm excited to see work that that's thoughtful along those lines, um, and and I think you know nobody has an answer to this now. Right. So it's a difficult problem. Yes. it's not just an urgent problem; it's a difficult, <laughs> unanswered problem. Yes. Yeah. Um, and so people need to have a certain amount of tolerance for ambiguity right. and a tolerance for for doing the difficult thing that isn't just the standard um, right now, because it's clear that we can't just keep barreling along whatever trajectory we were on five years ago, right. or even 10 years ago. And I'm
0: curious to know if you see any of these things you're mentioning actually possibly being reflected in the Interaction Awards this coming year.
1: Well, I, I certainly hope so. I, I, feel like, yeah. um, I feel like I know it's out there. Um, and, and in a moment like right now when there's this pandemic going on and we're really thinking about what it means to be human and what it means to live in a society where we have to care for each other using our individual actions to care about the collective. Um, I think we're in a moment where, where that awareness is, is tantamount and I, I very much would love to see that in the submissions and, and see that reflected in the awards.
0: Now let's touch on diversity and inclusion for just a moment. Uh, As many of you who may be listening to this right now and have listened to episode three of Distinguished Designed, uh, we spoke with Nala Faye, who's part of the Interaction Awards Planning Committee. And and there we spoke about how the Interaction Awards is paying close attention to making sure that diversity and inclusion are part of every step of the process taking place in and around the Interaction Awards. So Meli, can you share with us what you and the jury will be doing to continue this commitment?
1: Yeah, I mean, um, you know, first I w- I want to be transparent about jury selection. Um, I think it was really important to make sure that we had representation across fields, um, across geography, culture, stage of career, and so what I actually did was like take a whole list of of uh, everyone that um, had been suggested, both by I- IXDA and other people that I had in mind, yeah. and cut things along those different axes like I actually cut the data across all the different ways of looking at it and made sure that I was going to be able to get a representation across um, those those things that I that I just mentioned so you know so that's that's one thing but uh, the other thing that I I want to reflect is that I think, we're at an interesting moment in history when it comes to talking about diversity and inclusion as an effort. And so there's a few things that I wanna say. First is that those things are not uh, an action or a statement or you know a mere policy. Like all of that work has to do with action And it's not something that you sprinkle on at the end. I think everybody as a designer understands what it's like to have somebody come to you too late in the process and say like, can you make this better? And they're just asking you to like, I don't know, draw the icons or make it look pretty when the entire premise is broken. And diversity and inclusion work is that same thing. It's not something that you can sprinkle on at the end or like hit the Photoshop button or- Make it pretty. Make it pretty, right? That's, That's not how this works. It's something that has to be done throughout every moment. And in order to make sure that's the case, there's there's a few things that you want to do. One of them, obviously, is like what I was talking about earlier, having a rubric, having some sort of like system that you're using to look at stuff. Also checking to see if like everything that's written in there is not coded language for exclusion, which it oftentimes is, and many of you listening may have experienced that, that, you know, there there is coded language that winds up being exclusive. And that's, you know, not only do I feel like that works against diversity and inclusion, I find it completely uninteresting. Um, <laughs> and you yeah. know, and I, I think the other thing that's really important around when you think about diversity and inclusion is that it's not about getting different looking people to perpetuate the same stuff, um, which I think you know, Angela Davis has spoken about this a couple of times throughout yeah. all of her career. It's really about making sure that we're getting comp- entirely different perspectives. Um, and really listening, um, and and I think that's something that that I'll say. I'm really excited. I mean, that's part of what makes me really excited to look at this work. Like, I want my own thinking to be pushed, um, and I and I know that uh, you know, especially looking at the work of so many uh, new designers. To be right. frank, um, yes. I'm really seeing that today, um, and I'm I'm excited to look at it. Um. And then the last thing I'll say is that, you know, for me, it isn't uh, working, any work that's that's done within diversity and inclusion is not something that I feel some sort of external pressure to do uh, because of recent events like the George Floyd murder or like some sort of external pressure. For me, it's deeply personal because I am one of the people that has been on the outside of exclusion. I am one of the people that's been... Subjected to a lot of stuff and um, had close friendships and have close friendships with so many brilliant people, who wind up having to, in addition to doing their amazing creative work, fight just for a seat at the table or fight just to be listened to, even though they're you know like with with ideas that are amazing, with output that's amazing. With not not saying that that is how you should measure your worth as a human yeah. being, but like. Um, those kinds of systems that kind of status quo that's exclusive to me is irrational mm-hmm. so it's not just like i'm not doing this out of the goodness of my heart i don't think of diversity inclusion as some side of charity right i think of it as like it just it makes sense and and so for me that's not uh it's not an afterthought
0: right all right this brings us to the end of this episode of distinguished design we hope you have enjoyed our conversation with Meli ku melie thank you so much for spending this time with us Thank you so much for having me. For more information on May Lee, a link to her website will be available for you to check out in the show notes. Also, one last reminder that the submission deadline has been extended all the way to November 15th of this year. That is two more weeks from the original deadline of October 31st. To learn more, please visit awards.ixda.org. A link to this will also be available in the show notes. Now, if you like what you hear and want to continue hearing other Interaction Awards focus stories, please give us a review. Distinguished Design is brought to you by an all-volunteer Interaction Awards committee within the Interaction Design Association. So if you want to get in touch with us, just find us on social media at ixdawards, all one word, or visit us at awards.ixda.org to connect with fellow members of this amazing community. Thank you very much again to all our listeners for spending this time with us and very very soon we'll be back with yet another episode of Distinguished Design until then goodbye bye maylie
1: bye thanks for having me